0: welcome back everyone to the cards of the octagon podcast i know it's been a long time but we are back and ready to hit the ground running last time we were on we had max Payne griffin and matt danger schnell do our first ever box battle it was amazing the first ever cards of the octagon box battle i hope you guys enjoyed it it's on youtube so definitely go check that out max actually was voted by you guys As the first ever Cards of the Octagon Box Battle champ, so congratulations to Max. And with that being said, you guys go comment and tag the fighter you want to see Max defend his belt against one day in another Cards of the Octagon Box Battle. But for this episode, I'm going to cover everything that we missed, but also cover UFC 287, which is this weekend as well. So with that being said, welcome back and let's get into the show. So... The last thing that we missed was UFC Vegas 71. So we're going to pick up from there and work our way through. I'm going to cover everything that I feel like needs to be covered. So UFC Vegas 71 was a pretty good card. I actually enjoyed it Uh, from the prelims all the way up to the main event. I had a very good time watching it. The first fight I want to cover is Bruno Silva versus Tyson Nam. I was excited to see the return of Tyson Nam. He had a little bit of a layoff. And Bruno Silva always brings the excitement when it comes to fighting. This was a fight that I thought Tyson Nam was going to win. Uh, and he looked good for the first round. Coming out of the second round, Bruno Silva had the most crazy, 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 crazy up-the-middle front kick. I... Uh, it was it was astonishing i don't know how tyson nam got back up it was just like the michael chandler kick it was uh we've seen these kicks before straight down the middle right to the the middle of the chin tyson nam got knocked by that from bruno silva and somehow got up looks like he may had some fight in him but then right after that kick it ended with an early submission in round two so Bruno Silva did finish the fight, and Bruno Silva's one to look out for. Very, very exciting fighter in the flyweight division. Next on this card, Victor Henry versus Tony Gravely. This fight was phenomenal. These prelim fights were on fire from the get-go. Victor Henry, Tony Gravely. I knew this fight was going to be relatively close from the beginning. I I knew that it was going to go to decision. I didn't think there was going to be a finish, and I thought... Talking to a couple guys I talked to about these fights during the fights, before this fight came up, we were like, oh, this is going to be a close one. I think the way that we saw it was whoever has the most output is going to win that fight. With that being said, Victor Henry won by split decision in three rounds. He had 190 total strikes, two submission attempts, one reversal, and 154 significant strikes. Me just saying that, you'd be like, how in the world was that a split decision? I would agree in most cases. Stats don't lie. But if you were watching this fight, Tony Gravely had some amazing output as well. Although his numbers didn't measure up to Henry's output, he still was competing. And that's why this was a split decision. I do agree with Victor Henry getting that, but it was a close one. I could definitely see Tony edging that win out, depending on who the judges are. Just to read the stats of Tony, Tony had 90 total strikes, three takedowns, and 75 significant strikes. But like I said, the numbers on this one were interesting because Tony was definitely competing, and I could definitely see him winning that fight, depending on who the judges were. Continuing on, I, like I said, this, this card was amazing. I know this was a little bit ago, so I'm excited to go look back at this and talk to this with you guys. Uh, but next fight was Cedricus Dumas versus Josh Frimd. This was a fight that I think a lot of people thought Cedricus Dumas was going to walk in there and steamroll Josh. Cedricus is, uh, is a very powerful fighter. A lot of potential coming off the contender series. He's huge. He's athletic. He's pretty much everything you want in the middleweight division. But with that being said, Josh Framed said, No, sir, you are not going to steamroll me. It ended in the second round by submission. Josh Framed took down... Um, Dumas and uh, he took him down twice and he had two submission attempts he ended up securing one of the submission attempts finished the fight I'm, I, I like this fight because it's always it's it's not fun to watch hype trains lose but it's always so shocking when you think oh this is a for sure bet and then the guy comes in on the opposing side and completely turns the dude's world upside down it, it's awesome so congratulations Josh framed fantastic fight and i'm excited to see what you got coming in the middleweight division the next fight this is where this i forgot this card got a little controversial in my mind um in a couple fights and this is where it all started to be completely honest rafael sunsau versus davy grant i really really am a fan of rafael sunsau i i think he's a phenomenal fighter i think he should go down in the ufc hall of fame he's just a legend man um I thought Raphael was going to win this fight. I know he was the underdog, but I, like I said, this dude's a legend. You can never count him out. Davy Grant ended up winning this fight and earning the performance of the night. It ended in the third round with barely any time left. And The fact that I said that this is where it started to get controversial, if you were watching this fight, Raphael Sun was was very, very strong in the clinch and on the ground. That's where he wanted to keep this, this, this fight at. And he was succeeding. He would have won on the scorecard if he would have kept it on the ground. Obviously, he couldn't keep up with the striking of Davy and the kicks of Davy. So that was his game plan. Keep it on the ground. If you guys remember, Raphael had him against the fence and took him down. Davy Grant grabs the fence, doesn't allow Raphael to take him down. The the ref stops it, deducts a point for the fence grab and then does not put them back into the position that they were. Puts them in the middle of the ring, standing up again. And right after that, Davy Grant lands a heavy blow to Raphael, knocks him down, and submits him. I, and I remember in the moment, I was, I was furious. I was furious. Raphael worked so hard to earn his takedowns. He had five takedowns this fight. Five. And he was working strikes on the ground as well. But yet, the guy fence grabs, the point's deducted, and then you don't put it back into the position. I disagree with that heavily, and I think the UFC really needs to fix that. I understand they took the point away, and that's the thing. They took the point away. Rafael definitely could have won that fight by decision, especially with that point taken away, if they were to put it back on the ground in Rafael's position. But they didn't. Davey Grant got the win by submission. It was a beautiful submission, but like I said, it shouldn't have been there in the first place. And that's the, the first little controversial fight of the night, in my opinion. Last card on the prelims, man. This was, a, this was a funny one to watch. Carl Williams versus Lucas Bresky. This fight was crazy, man. These are two big boys in the heavyweight division. I thought the ring was going to go down a couple times. Carl Williams, this is what I'm going to say about this. I'm going to make it quick. It went down to unanimous decision, all on Carl Williams' side. He had 120 strikes, eight takedowns. 38 significant strikes and one knockdown. Pure dominance performance. Carl Williams is definitely one guy to look out for. He's a big guy, very good wrestling, and I'm excited to see what's next for him. Going into the main event, the first fight I want to talk about is Mario Batista versus Guido Canetti. Mario Batista is that guy in the bantamweight division. He's not yet ranked, but you need to keep a close eye out on this guy. Every time he goes out there, you know it's going to be a finish. He submitted Guido Canetti in the first round so quickly. And that's what we expect from Mario Batista now. So the bantamweights better watch out. The next fight, here's where it gets controversial again. And I was furious. And everybody that I was talking to during this event agreed with me on this. Saeed Nurmagomedov versus Jonathan Martinez. I thought Jonathan Martinez was going to win this fight going into this. I was actually leaning towards Jonathan Martinez. With that being said, as the fight progressed, Saeed had an absolute dominant performance. 101 total strikes, three takedowns, two submission ass- attempts, 47 significant strikes. Absolute I, dominant performance. I think this fight, I had two rounds to Saeed, one round to Jonathan Martinez, so I thought it was going to be... I either had this fight as a split decision or a unanimous decision, um, but I, I really thought it was going to be a split decision for Saeed um, but then when, the, when, the, when Bruce started reading off the scorecard and said that it was 3-0 unanimous decision, I was like, oh, Saeed's got this unlocked." And then when he read Jonathan Martinez, I was baffled. I talked to so many people about this fight, and I still don't understand how Jonathan Martinez won that by unanimous decision. The last three fights, we'll get through pretty quickly. Nikita Krylov, absolute dominant performance against Ryan Spann. I think that went exactly how I knew it was going to go. Even though I still do like Ryan Span. Next, Alexander Volkov versus Romanov. This was another one, first round KO. Romanov was a big hype train in this division. A lot of people were buying his cards, and unfortunately, he's just not working out, man. He he doesn't have the style. There was a very bad fence grab in this one, but I think Volkov just had the height, and uh, it was just a mismatch, in my my opinion. Last fight of the night was the main event, Peter Yan versus Murab Dalashvili, five rounds. Murab set the record and absolutely dominated. He had 11 secured takedowns, 202 total strikes, 147 significant strikes, and honestly, just completely shut out Peter Young. Peter Young didn't stand a chance from the beginning of that fight, and everybody's got to watch out for Murab in the bantamweight division now. The next event that we missed was UFC 286, and we'll get through this one quickly. There's only a couple ones that I want to point out on here, starting with the early prelims, Juliana Miller, Juliana Miller versus Veronica Hardy. Juliana Miller was a big standout in the contender series, the last contender series that was on. She was a heavy minus 435 favorite. In my opinion, I thought that was extremely high. I had Veronica Hardy winning this fight. I, I've never been big on Juliana Miller. She's a phenomenal fighter. I just think as far as matchup goes, she doesn't match up against a lot of people very well. Veronica ended up winning by unanimous decision at the end, and it was a great fight. The next one I want to cover is Joanne Wood versus Luana Carolina. Joanna, Joanne Wood, Joanne Wood, excuse me. Great performance. It was a split decision, but the output of these two ladies was insane. The next fight, we got a performance of the night for Jake Hadley. This is another guy, man. Flyweight division is is loaded. We've got guys coming out of nowhere. Jake Hadley, man, when you see him step into the ring, you expect a finish. He fought against Malcolm Gordon, and he got the KO in the first round. He was minus 410 favorite and showed why. The next fight was the end of the early prelims. Lerone Murphy versus Gabriel Santos. Lerone is a guy that is in Prism 2022 as a rookie and select as a rookie. A lot of people are still sleeping on this guy. I thought this fight was going to end way quicker than it did. And I thought it was going to be a way, way more dominant performance for Lerone than it was. This fight ended up being a split decision. Lerone winning the strikes. Everything was so close, man. And... Gabriel had five takedowns as well. It was it was a close fight, and I enjoyed watching every second of it. Then we move into the prelims. Talk about a guy that has a phenomenal future, Muhammad Mokhaev. I I don't even know what to say about this fight. Obviously, he's injured now. He won the fight, third round submission. Somehow, his leg did. He like he he just has the heart of a lion, dude. He's never gonna give up. That's what's so scary about Muhammad. Another guy in the flyweight division. He submitted. Rafael Philo, and I don't know how he escaped the submission that he was in, but he did. He toughed it out, got the win. Look out for Muhammad Mokayev. Then the end of the prelims was Jack Shore versus Makawan. Jack Shore was a minus 500 favorite. This is another guy, a lot of rookies in 2022 Prism and Select. 2022, a lot of people still sleeping on this guy. He lost his last fight, had a massive bounce back. Round two submission. This guy's got it all. Look out for Jack Shore in the featherweight division. Then, the start of a loaded main card. We start with Marvin Vittori versus Roman Delice. Two fantastic middleweights. Everybody knows Marvin Vittori has been at the top of the middleweight division for a while. Roman Delice is climbing his way up. This was a fight that it went to unanimous decision, but I thought it was a little bit closer than that. I did have Vittori winning by split decision, but... Roman Delice will be back and he's going to be a problem in that division. I can promise you that. Next, we had two women Jennifer Maya versus Casey O'Neill. Man, Jennifer Maya is a dog. She ended up getting the win by unanimous decision. The thing with Jennifer Maya, she just has crazy output. But with that being said, do not sleep on Casey O'Neill. She's got rookies in Prism 2022 and Select 2022, and she is one to watch, I promise. Her output, her kicks, and her striking are phenomenal. She'll be back and contending very soon. Next, we've got a performance of the night. Gunnar Nelson, first-round submission on the Prime logo. Gunnar Nelson, I swear, every time I watch, he gets the same submission finish, and it's just beautiful to watch, man. He knows what he's doing. He's found what works for him, and it works every time, man. Next, we've got a fight of the night and a contender for fight of the year, in my opinion. Justin, the human highlight film, Gaethje versus Raphael Faziv. This ended by a majority decision. Justin Gaethje getting the win. Raphael Faziv is one of the highly chased rookies and product. Justin Gaethje is just that guy. It's as simple as that. Justin Gaethje was a plus 200. underdog, and came out there and showed why Justin Gaethje is who Justin Gaethje is. 106 total strikes, one takedown, 103 significant strikes, and pure damage. Great fight. I can't wait to see what's next for both of these guys. Both of these guys are going to be at the top of the division for their whole career, so I'm excited to see what's next. Then we move into the main event. Leon Edwards versus Kamara Usman 3. This is the third time they fought. Kamaru Usman won the first time. Leon obviously took the, took the belt, headshot dead in the second one, and now this is the rematch of the century. Leon was a plus 200 underdog with the belt. Kamara Usman was a minus 240 favorite coming into this fight. Look, I was a massive Kamara Usman fan his whole career. I'm still a massive Kamara Usman fan. He was one guy that the UFC community, I think, for the most part, thought was unbeatable. Now we've got headshot Leon Rocky Edwards coming in and beating Kamara Usman by majority decision for the second time. Honestly, with this hype and this momentum, I don't see Leon losing anytime soon. I know there's talks of a Colby Covington fight. I think Leon smokes Colby, and I do like Colby. But this kid, man, I'm so happy for Leon, and Leon's got a massive fan in me now as well. The last fight that we missed, this was the last card that we got to cover until the new one, UFC 287. Uh, this is UFC Fight Night Vera versus San Hagen. This was down in San Antonio. It was supposed to be in the Apex, and then they moved it to a big old arena, which it deserved in San Antonio, and the fans were electric. The first fight I want to cover was a flyweight fight in the prelims. This fight was CJ Vergara versus Daniel Lacerda. This fight was fireworks at one fight of the night. And honestly, if these were two bigger names, it could have been a fight of the year contender as well. This fight finished in round two by KO. C- C- uh, Daniel Lacerda was was dominant, man. I thought he he had it in the first round. But unfortunately, if you know Daniel Lacerda, he's got to work on the gas tank. CJ Vergara somehow... Not somehow. C.J. Vergara has that dog in him. That's as simple as that. He came back from taking some devastating blows, reached deep into the gas tank, and let it all out on the line in the second round and got the finish, and it was absolutely phenomenal for the hometown crowd. The next fight I want to cover was the last one on the prelims, Steven Peterson versus Lucas Alexander. All I have to say on this is I'm extremely disappointed and very upset, honestly, during this fight. I really like Steven Peterson. I thought he was going to come out and have an excellent performance. Unfortunately, he basically retired before he even went out there. Obviously, he retired after the fight, but the dude didn't even want to show up and then just retired, put the gloves down. Very unfortunate. It was very upsetting, in my opinion. Congratulations to Lucas Alexander, though, and we'll move on from that. The next fight we've got was a massive upset starting the main event. Daniel Panetta versus Tucker Lutz. This was a fireworks performance. I tried to tell everybody, put the house on Daniel Panetta, man. This guy is phenomenal. He only gets finishes in the UFC. That's it. He only gets finishes. So I knew he was going to finish Tucker Lutz. But with that being said, Tucker Lutz is a phenomenal, phenomenal fighter. And you should watch out for him in the featherweight division. The next fight we have that I'm going to cover is in the women's flyweight division, Andrea Lee versus Macy Barber. Andrea Lee has fought the dogs of this division. Macy Barber is a very young, phenomenal talent working her way up through the rankings. <clears throat> this was a very great fight. It ended in split decision in Macy Barber's favor. I am a Macy Barber, Macy Barber fan. Um but I do think Andrea Lee won this fight in all honesty. Andrea Lee had, let's look, Andrea Lee had five takedowns, 57 total strikes. Macy Barber had 66 total strikes, two takedowns and one reversal. It was close. It was close in the numbers, but watching the fight, I feel like Andrea Lee won that fight in my honest opinion. Next up, we've got a featherweight bout and a performance of the night bonus. Nate Landerweer, is that guy i'm hopping on the nate train i hope everybody else hops on the nate train this dude is pure excitement pure pure finishes he went out submitted austin lingo in the second round absolute phenomenal fun entertaining fighter i mean i love nate the train dude and i can't wait to see him fight again next we got the co-main event holly holm the preacher's daughter versus yana santos this fight was an interesting one. I think it went exactly how everybody thought. It ended with a unanimous decision in Holly Holm's favorite. The output of Holly Holm is just so hard to beat, and she's been doing it for years. So, like I said, congratulations, Holly Holm, on the unanimous decision. Great, great win, and I'm excited to see what's next for Holly. Then we move on to the main event. We've got Marlon Chitovera versus Corey Sanhagen. This was a fight in the bantamweight division. Five rounds, and... Absolutely amazing, Corey Sandhagen, man. I, 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 he's, he's just that guy. It's just, it's just, as simple as that. The one thing that was very upsetting about this is how a judge voted. The, this shouldn't have been a split decision. This is a pure unanimous decision. And whoever had Cheeto Vera winning that fight needs to be fined, fired, or I don't know. There's got to be some. There's got to be some consequence for that. Let me read this to you and tell me how. Let me tell me how Cheeto won this fight. Round one Corey Sanhagen, 47 total strikes, one takedown. Cheeto had 12 total strikes. Round two Cheeto had nine total strikes. Sanhagen had 55 total strikes with another takedown. Round three Cheeto had 20 total strikes. Sanhagen had 32 with two takedown attempts. Round four. Cheeto had 13 total strikes. Sanhagen had 23 with three takedown attempts. Round five, we've got uh, Sanhagen with 29 total strikes. Cheeto with 19. He went one for four on takedowns this round. Please tell me how, how, how did Cheeto win any rounds, win that fight at all? Please tell me. Should have been unanimous decision. Unfortunately, Corey got robbed of that because of terrible judging. With that being said, Corey Sanhagen going to do what he does best and stay at the top of the division and work his way closer to the title, and I'm excited to see that play out. Now, we are all caught up, and we can finally talk about this weekend's fight, UFC 287, Alex Pereira versus Adesanya 2. We're going to start off with the prelims. Let's start off with Steve Garcia versus Shay Lin. This is going to be an amazing fight on the prelim. Shaylin's 39 and 10. Steve Garcia's 13 and 5. And I'm calling for an upset with Steve Garcia winning this fight. Stay tuned for that. Next, we've got Carl Williams versus Chase Sherman. We just spoke about Carl Williams. Dude is a great wrestler. It was supposed to be Chris Barnett versus Chase Sherman. Unfortunately, Barnett was pulled out. I'm not sure why, but Carl Williams stepped in on a short notice. Like I said, we just talked about him. He fought a couple weeks ago to fight Chase Sherman. This is going to be a fantastic heavyweight fight. I think Carl Williams has the edge in wrestling, but Chase Sherman, man, he showed it against Waldo Acosta Jr. He can fight, man. So I'm excited to see how that plays out. The next fight is Joe Pfeiffer versus Gerald Mar- Mercichet. This is going to be another great fight. This is at 185. Joe Pfeiffer is a phenomenal fighter, big, big hype train. A lot of people are super high on him. He's 1-0 in the UFC. His last fight was in 2022. It was a unanimous decision versus Eric Andres, so I'm very excited to see Joe Pfeiffer back in the ring. Next, we've got the Karate Hottie Michelle Watterson versus Luana Pinero. This is a fight that Michelle Waterson is one of the legends in the UFC, especially in the women's division. But Luana Pinero is so dominant, and I cannot wait to see her put on a fantastic performance on Saturday. Next, we've got a fight that hopefully takes part. Uh, Kelvin Gaslam versus Chris Curtis. I'm sure you guys know every time Kelvin Gaslam is scheduled a fight, it usually doesn't happen. So hopefully we get to see the most entertaining action-packed Chris Curtis versus Kelvin Gaslam because that is going to be a phenomenal fight if so. Then we move into the main event, Raul Rosas Jr., the youngin in the UFC versus Christian Rodriguez. This should be an absolute dominant performance by the youngin. Raul is just a phenomenal talent, and I cannot wait to see Raul continue to put on fireworks at 135. Next, we got Big Mouth, the Trailblazer, whatever you want to call him. Kevin Holland versus Santiago Ponzanibio. Every time Kevin Holland steps into the octagon, you know it's going to be fireworks. Santiago got a nasty, nasty knockout against Alex Murano, his last time out. Kevin Holland was in an absolute brawl with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson the last team time he was in the octagon. This is going to be fireworks at 170, and I'm excited to see this fight play out on Saturday. Then we've got the ever-talented, massive prospect, Adrian Yanez at 135 versus Rob Font. Adrian Yanez is a phenomenal striker, has a great all-around game, and I've been waiting for him to climb the rankings in this division. And we're going to see an, an, an amazing performance by Adrian Yanez against Rob Font this weekend. Then the co-main event. We've got Gilbert Burns versus Jorge Gamebred Masvidal. You guys know me. I'm not a big Masvidal fan, so I think I want to say that Gilbert gets it done in the first or second round, but with that being said, I do have to respect Jorge in some sense in the fight game. This dude has been around. He can take blows. He, he, he He's a warrior, man, so this is, in my opinion, probably going to go down to decision, either unanimous or split, and I'm excited to see what happens, and I'm excited to see Gilbert get closer and closer to the welterweight title. Then we've got the middleweight matchup of the century, Alex Pereira versus Israel Sanya 2. Alex Pereira just took away the belt from Izzy not too long ago, and now this is the rematch. This is all or nothing. As Izzy said, we got to see the style bender go out, get his belt back, raise that belt up, and then we get the most entertaining, funniest, honestly, champ in the UFC back in Israel Sanya. So I'm excited to see Izzy versus Pereira too. And it's going to be fireworks. I'm excited. I hope you guys are ready. With that being said, I don't have Devin's picks today. It's only me. So I'm going to tell you my three picks. I'm going to pick Izzy. I'm going to to pick Gilbert Burns. And I'm going to pick Adrian Yanez. And I'm also going to give you guys a couple more. I'm going to pick Steve Garcia for the big upset. And I'm going to pick uh, Ralu Rosas as well because I I got to give the young in love. Now, that we are all cut up. We will be doing episodes weekly, I promise. If, it's, if it just has to be me, I promise I'll get this content out to you guys because I know you guys love the podcast and we love making it. We've been so busy traveling and then with work and everything that I was like, you know what? We got to get back on track. And I want to say shout out to ESO on Whatnot. He came into one of my shows and he was like, hey man, where's the podcast? He got on me, which I appreciate that because that just reminds me how much you guys love it and how much you guys love to listen. So I I was like, you know what, dude, I I was going to record it this week, but you saying that just motivated me even more to get this episode out. So I appreciate you and I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast still and we've got so much more content to come. So thank you guys for continuing to listen and still listening and we're going to have some more fun with content with you guys. Now, I've got two more segments left before the end of this episode. The first one is get to know the host. This time it's just me, Gavin, also known as all time cards. What have I been picking up recently? I'll post these on TikTok and Instagram at Cards of the Octagon. So make sure you guys are following there and check out the YouTube channel at Cards of the Octagon as well. I'll post these pickups that I'm about to tell you on the Cards of the Octagon socials. So if you want to see them, I will post them there. So recently I've been picking up, I picked up a red rated rookie, Ilya Taporia out of optic PSA 9 I, that was one of my most recent pickups. I also picked up this is this was for the fight night this Saturday. I picked up a debut prism Israel Adesanya white sparkle BGS 9.5 very big card. Probably one of the coolest pictures if you've seen the picture you know exactly what I'm talking about. He's squatted down on the fence uh, signature Israel Adesanya. I'll post it on the Instagram, you guys got to go check it out. It's probably my favorite UFC picture ever. So I'm excited to add that to the collection. Last segment is UFC news. Not too much news that we've missed, at least. Uh, Jeremy Stevens, a.k.a. Who the Fook is that guy? Box Jose Aldo. The outcome was a draw. I didn't watch it. I talked to some people about it. Apparently, it wasn't the most entertaining fight in the world, but they said it was. it was all right. They said it was all right. Jeremy Stevens, the hardest hit in, you know, you know the whole deal. We'll move on from Jeremy Stevens. All right, next, we had UFC legend Kat Zanganu winning at Bellator 293. Man, Kat was amazing in the UFC, and she's continuing fighting in Bellator. And I love seeing these guys that were in the UFC having amazing careers move on to Bellator and still succeeding. So I just had to shout out Kat real quick. Congratulations on the win at Bellator 293. Last thing in UFC news, our guys, Matt Schnell, Josh Emmett, and Jimmy Flick all got fight announcements, and that's what we like to see. All three guys have been on the show before. All three amazing, fantastic humans and great fighters as well. Matt Schnell is fighting David Dvorak. Jimmy Crute, or sorry, not Jimmy Crute, Jimmy the Brick Flick, is facing Alessandro Costa and Josh Emmett is fighting the massive hype train in Ilya Taporia. So we've got some awesome fights for our guys lined up and it's going to be awesome. So I appreciate you guys listening into the podcast this week. And like I said, back on normal schedule, check out the Instagram for all time cards is pickups at cards of the octagon. And I will see you guys next week for the next episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I will see you guys on the next one. Peace out. I thought it was going to be a split decision to Saeed Nurmagetemov. Sorry. Keep mispronouncing it. Please cut that out. We'll we'll fix it.